Won't you, buddy? We're glad to have everybody with us, both physically present and in your electronic form. We appreciate those of you who are listening in online or by telephone, radio. Good to have you with us this morning. Good to know that you're here, even though your physical presence is not here. I am Rupa Nogadas. I don't know about that. I am a disciple of Tamal Krishna, His Holiness, Tamal Krishna Goswami Maharaj, who is a disciple of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada Kira. This morning we'll be having a discussion on the Srimad Bhagavatam, first canto, eighth chapter, the chapter entitled Prayers by Queen Kunti. Uh, who is speaking to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Sri Krishna, who is appearing as her nephew. And, uh, and she has some very kind and wonderful things to say about Krishna, none of which are exaggerations. So, first invocation to the Supreme Lord, please be with us and give us something that will be beneficial to say. Give us inspiration. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Gopi Janavala Bhagirivaradari Gopi Janavala Bhagirivaradari Dasuranandana Prajajana Ranjana Dasuranandana Prajajana Ranjana Damunatiravanachari Jamuna Chidavanachari Jairadha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jai Radhamarava Kunjabihari Jai 
Jai Gaur Premananda Hari Hari Vo Jai Om Vishupad Paramahamsa Paribhijaka Charja Hasto Tarasat Shri Srimadis Divine Grace Avaya Charanadavinda Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharashi La Prabhupada Ki Jai Om Vishnupada Paramahamsa Parivrajaka Charja Asto Tarasita Sri Srimadis Divine Grace Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati Gosami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Ananta Kukti Vaishnavarinda Ki Iskan BBT Founder Charja Srila Prabhupada Ki Iskan Guru Param Paraki Sri Rupsi Sanatan Bhattaraganatsi Jiva Gopal Bhattadasaraganat Sadko Sami Prabhu Ki Nama Charja Srila Haridas Thakur Ki Premsikahu Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Karadhar Sri Vasari Gaura Bhaktarinda Ki Sri Sri Radha Krishna Gopa Gopinath Shamakun Radhakun Giri Govardhan Ki Sri Vindamandam Ki Sri Maturadam Ki Sri Mayapur Navadit Dham Ki Sri Jagannath Puri Dham Ki Sri Sri Radha Kalachandri Dham Ki Ganga Devi Ki Namunamai Ki Tulsi Devi Ki Bhakti Devi Ki Samaveda Bhakta Vrinda Ki Brihat Madanga Transcendental Book and Prasadam Distribution Ki Nitaigora Premananda Hari Hari Bowl All Glories to the Assembled Devotees All Glories to the Assembled Devotees All Glories to the Assembled Devotees All Glories, All Glories, All Glories to Sri Guru and Sri Gauranga Namo Vishnupadaya Krishna Pastaya Bhutale Shumati Bhakti Vedanta Swamini Tinamani Namaste Sarasvati Devi Gaurabhani Pachanini Devasesha Srinivari Pashati Deshatana Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaivanarottamam Devim Saraswatim Yasun Tatojayam Odirayat Nastapraeshva Badraeshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Uttama Shloke Bhakti Bhavadi Naistiki Rantarashi Bhagavatam Ki Jai The Spotless Purana Srimad Bhagavatam Text number 46 This is in chapter 8 Canto 1 of the Srimad Bhagavatam. We'll do word for word repetition of the Sanskrit words. Vyasadhyaya Ishvari Hangya Hangyai Krishna Nad Buddha Karmana Prabodhito 
apiti hasai nabudhyata shuchar pita let's 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 do uh, let's do the um let's do the poem as it's given in poetic form uh, i'll i'll Say it first, and then you can repeat with me, please. Vyasadhyayir Ishwari Hagyay Krishnaya Buddha Karmana Prabodhito Piti Hasyay Nabhudyata Sucharpita now, uh, you, you, please. Now, word for word translations. Vyasa Adyayi, by great sages, headed by Vyasa. Ishvara, the Almighty God. Iha, by the will of. Gai, by the learned. Krishnayana, by Krishna Himself. Adbhuta Karmana, by one who performs all superhuman work. Prabodhita, being solaced. Api, although. Itihasai, by evidences from the histories. Na, not. Abudhyata satisfied. Shucha Arpita distressed. And the translation by His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada. King Yudhisthira, who was much aggrieved, could not be convinced, despite instructions by great sages headed by Vyasa and the Lord Krishna Himself the performer of superhuman feats, and despite all historical evidence. So repeat with me. King Yudhisthira, who was much aggrieved, could not be convinced, despite instructions by great sages, headed by Vyasa and the Lord Krishna himself, the performer of superhuman feats, and despite all historical evidence. So you might remember that this is at the, this is coming at the end of the, of the great war, uh, in which 640 million men were lost or, or gave up their bodies and others were, uh, yet unaccounted for. Uh, so the purport now by his divine grace to the Prabhupada. The pious King Yudhisthira was mortified because of the mass massacre of human beings in the battle of Kurukshetra, especially on his account. Duryodhan was there on the throne, and he was doing well. And this is interesting to hear, isn't it? He was doing well in his administration. And in one sense, there was no need of fighting. But on the principle of justice, Yudhisthira was to replace him. The whole clique of politics centered around this point. And all the kings and residents of the whole world became involved in this fight between the rival brothers. Actually, they were cousin brothers, weren't they? Yudhisthira and uh, Duryodhan. Lord Krishna was also there on the side of King Yudhisthira. 
It is said in the Mahabharat Adiparva that 640 million men were killed in the 18 days of the Battle of Kurukshetra, and some hundreds of thousands were missing. Practically, this was the greatest battle in the world within 5,000 years. This mass killing, uh, actually this number, 640 million, that far exceeds any wars that we've had in the last two centuries, last century and this century. Not nearly that many, not nearly 600, not even 100 million, as far as I understand, were killed in World War I, World War II. Going to step it up for World War III? Yeah. <laughs> I think Prabhupada said, you distribute my books and that's the way to avert the Third World War. So this mass killing simply to enthrone Maharaj Yudhisthira was too mortifying. So he tried to be convinced with evidences from histories by great sages like Vyasa and the Lord himself that the fight was just because the cause was just. But Maharaj Yudhisthira would not be satisfied even though he was instructed by the greatest personalities of the time. Krishna is designated herein as the performer of superhuman actions. But in this particular instance, neither he nor Vyas could convince King Yudhisthira. Now, is there anything that Krishna cannot do? There are things that he cannot do if he chooses to not do them. Does it mean that he failed to be a superhuman actor? And this, these are Prabhupada's words. No, certainly not. The interpretation is that the Lord is as Ishwar, or the super soul in the hearts of both King Yudhisthira and Vyasa, performed still more superhuman action because the Lord desired it. As super soul of King Yudhisthira, he did not allow the king to become convinced by the words of Vyasa and others, including himself. You get that? He did not allow king, the king, Yudhisthira, to be convinced by the words of others, including himself. Because he desired that the king hear the instructions from the dying Bhishmadev, who was another great devotee of the Lord. The Lord wanted that at that last stage of his material existence, the great warrior Bhishmadev see him personally and see his beloved grandchildren, King Yudhisthira and others, now situated on the throne and thus pass away very peacefully. Bhishmadev was not at all satisfied to fight against the Pandavas, who were his beloved fatherless grandchildren. Fatherless, why? Because Pandu had given up his body untimely, their father. But the Kshatriyas are also very stern people, and therefore he was obliged to take the side of Duryodhan. We're talking about Bhishmadev. Take the side of Duryodhan because he was maintained at the expense of, expense of Duryodhan. Of course, Duryodhan was spending money that was, did not belong to him. He was not supposed to be in the position of king. Actually, his father was emperor, Dhritarashtra. 
But because Dhritarashtra was blind and because Duryodhana was so strong-willed, he was, uh, he was maintaining everyone at so-called at his expense. Besides this, the Lord also desired that King Yudhisthira be pacified by the words of Bhishmadev, so that the world could see that Bhishmadev excelled in all knowledge, including the Lord himself. Bhishmadev excelled all in knowledge, including the Lord himself. Now, that's an interesting statement, isn't it, that Srila Prabhupada has made. He excelled everyone in knowledge, including the Lord himself. How is that possible? Om Ajnana Timirandasya Gyananjana Salakaya Chakchurun Melitam Jena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupaha Kadamaya Dadati Swavarantikam Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Dutta Padakamalam Sri Gurun Vaishnavanscha Sri Rupam Sagradattam Sahagana Raghunathan Vitam Tam Sajivam Savadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakan Vitamscha He Krishna Karanasando Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Taptakanjana Gaurangi Radhe Brindavadeshwari Vrishapanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye. Who is Vrishapanu Devi? The daughter of King Vrishapanu. And, and that person is Radharani. Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Sri Vasari Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Pristaya Bhutale Srimate Tamal Krishna Gosamaniti Namane There's some pretty interesting points that Srila Prabhupada has made here. Uh, the kind of the sum, summation of Prabhupada's purport to me is that Krishna influences the living entities differently as super soul within their hearts. Krishna appears in the hearts of all living entities, both human and non-human, moving and non-moving. Uh, so that includes even all vegetarian life and all animal life. Krishna goes with the living entity, the jiva soul, into each one of the bodies that the living living entity, this jiva, enters into each one of those material bodies. Krishna is also there present, uh, not only providing the life for the living entities in those bodies, but also uh, informing them of of everything that is going on in the universe that they happen to be in. So, the non-devotees is being influenced also by Krishna, but in the form of Krishna's material energy, maya. The Lord in inside the body of even of every living entity um 
as Supersoul or Paramatma or Antaryami. He recognizes the desires of the living entity. You know, it's just like it's said that uh, two birds are sitting on the branch of a tree. One is pecking at the fruits and the other is simply watching and observing the first bird. So the one who is who is enjoying the fruits of the tree is like is the living entity is like the living entity enjoying with his senses his material body, and the Lord is seated in this in the body same body alongside the living entity and is just watching and facilitating also. So Krishna presents all kinds of scenarios to facilitate the jiva's desires. If the jiva has a desire for uh, material sense gratification, then Krishna, uh, you know, he sees whether that that spirit soul, whether that individual deserves uh, the sense gratification that he's looking for. And if he thinks that the living entity does, or rather if he knows that he does, then Krishna gives him the facility to satisfy those desires, whatever those desires might be. Now, you know, we can understand that in terms of the of the devotional living, but we're talking here about the non-devotee. So we think about some of the wars. We were talking earlier about the wars that occurred this past century and in World War One, World War Two, And in World War Two, you had certain uh, in living entities that rose to power, such as Adolf Hitler. Benito Mussolini, uh, and, uh, who, who was the, um, um, who was the ruler of Russia at that time? Who was that? Can you remember? Last, in the World War II. Stalin. Joseph, Joseph Stalin. So, all these persons, these persons were brutally ruthless. And they were responsible for the killing of millions, especially Hitler. It is said that among the uh, Jewish people alone, Hitler was responsible, directly or indirectly, for the killing of six million. And then there were lots of other people on, not only of, of other countries, but also of his own country. Persons who went to war to, you know, to try to defend and support the Third Reich. Uh, but as we saw, all of those efforts came to naught. Although it appeared for some time that uh, Hitler was capable with his his war machine, he was capable of taking over the entire earth. Now, how is it that such a person who is demoniac in nature has such powers that he can almost defeat all the other nations on earth? And we understand that not a blade of grass moves within the three worlds in this universe without the direct sanction of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So Krishna then, as super soul in the body, same body as this personality known as Hitler, was uh, carrying out his activities, Krishna is, is giving him the inspiration, giving him all facility to uh, produce the disastrous results in the world that he did. Now we we can say, all right, well, I understand that how he he would facilitate uh, Hitler. Well, what about all those people who had to suffer? Again, it is said 
that uh, that the living entity does not suffer for any reason except for his own doing. Everything that he has done in his past life is is resulting in the uh, the suffering and the enjoyment that he has in this lifetime. If we're talking, we're still talking about non-devotees. Remember, if a person has not taken to the worship of the Supreme Lord, the Supreme Lord is still satisfying their desires in this material world. And we know that Krishna has created this material world for the living entities who did not want to remain in the spiritual world, where they had to bow their knee to the Supreme Lord. Uh, so they, he, he had to make a place for them to come where they would forget about the authority of the Supreme Lord. And that's what this material world is. So Krishna not only uh, um, awarded all of the reactions that are that were coming to those personalities, well, to all personalities, we could say, not just only in, in these past wars that we're talking about, but uh, every kind of reaction now is is coming according to that person's karma or his, his reactions for the things that he's done in his previous lifetime. So for some reason or other, then Krishna awarded Hitler and Stalin and Mussolini and some others the ability to try to gain international dominance uh, so that they could be worshipped as God, so that they could be worshipped as the supreme controller of everyone else. But uh, we understand that now those were those persons who cause a lot of other people to suffer, they are going to have to take responsibility for their actions, even though Krishna gave them the ability to do those things, gave them the facility, because they took it and then and and tried to enjoy this material world in spite of the suffering of other living entities. They have to suffer for. They have to take those the responsibility for their actions. And then we talked about the others that had to suffer. We know that uh, no one suffers for what someone else does in this world, except that that person who is caught seemingly causing them to suffer is acting as the agent of the Supreme Lord, and he's giving those living entities who are suffering, he's giving them their reactions to what they have done in the past. So we see that the whole world then is in the midst of a lot of suffering, and uh, it, not only the suffering, it's suffering itself is bad enough, but when the actions that a person continues to perform in spite of his suffering, and uh, that he's going to have to suffer in the future for that, that is very regrettable. And so the devotees of the Lord don't like for the living entities to have to suffer. They prefer, as does Krishna, that all the living entities come back to the spiritual world, where it is said, Vaikuntha means uh, free of anxiety, no anxiety in Vaikuntha. So the the pure influence, the pure devotee rather, is also being influenced by Lord Krishna, just like the non-devotee is, or in a similar way, 
But the Lord then recognizes the desires of the devotee, just like He recognized the desires of those other living entities who had no tendency to serve the Supreme Lord or even to recognize Him. So the Lord sees those desires of the devotee, and then He facilitates those desires according to not just the person's desire for pleasure, as in in the case of a non-devotee, but according to a desirable outcome that the Lord wants those devotees to have. Sometimes He causes the the devotees to have to suffer difficulties. Just like uh, we mentioned the other day in class, that uh, someone was talking about, uh, was asking about, why did we have to lose the farm project that we had going in the early 80s up in Oklahoma, where we spent so much money and so much effort to get a rural community started, but we had to uh, had to undergo the loss of that property that we had purchased and or that we were paying for, and uh, the opportunity for uh, people to go out and live in the countryside in a very kind of pristine environment. But but uh, but Krishna. If we say that he causes the good things to happen to his devotees, he is also the source of what appears to be bad that happens to his devotees as well. But for the devotees, he has the uh, the um, difficulties for some greater good, some greater uh, project that Krishna wants the devotees to engage in. So he ultimately grants the pure devotee, the pure desires of his pure devotees. Eventually they get around to it. Just like we've been reading, my wife and I have been reading in, um, in the book by Giri Raj Swami Maharaj about, uh, I'll build you a temple. And it talked about the, the difficulties that devotees there in Juhu Beach had to undergo, particularly, uh, you know, uh, um, his, his holiness, uh, Giriraj Swami Maharaj, had to undergo all kinds of difficulties. He was, he was herded into the police vans when the, when the gundas or the hoodlums were hired by Mrs. Nair to come and, and destroy the temple. And fortunately, the temple was not completely destroyed. But the the area where the the deities were being kept and worshipped uh, was not destroyed. Only a piece of the roofing was removed. So it was said that the the young lady, the woman Maitili, I think is her name, uh, she was performing the arctic to the deities there in that place, and uh, and was getting rained on. It was raining, and the rain was coming in on her, and she was having to do the arctic there in the rain. So those devotees suffered a great deal, but we see uh, uh, overall, and at, and at last, that Krishna permitted the devotees to be very successful in their efforts because he wanted that project to exist, and he wanted it to grow. So we, you know, we come to the understanding that uh, if Krishna, uh, if we have a desire to do something for the Lord, for the Supreme Lord, you know, whether it's building a temple or buying a farm project or something, and begin buying a farm, beginning a project, uh, if Krishna wants it to happen, it will happen. And if Krishna does not want it to happen, we just have to accept 
that this is not the time or these are not the people that Krishna wants to uh, to begin such a project. Um, so the main thing is that devotees always are looking to satisfy the desires of the Supreme Lord. And even as Prabhupada said, you know, you have your desires, I have my desires, but Krishna has his desires. So that's that's what we try to find out. And we learn that from persons who are a lot closer to the Supreme Lord than we are. So we we also read, <coughs> pardon me, in this in the, uh, this purport, Srila Prabhupada said that that Krishna he takes he sometimes takes a subordinate position to his devotees, just like he he would not give you to steer the kind of solace that he was looking for that he was hoping to get after so many people had been killed on his behalf. So instead of coming out and, and telling Yudhisthira uh, that, that, you know, everything that you've done or that has happened here on the battlefield is according to my plan. Instead of telling him that, he let him go on thinking that this was a great travesty so that he, he could hear it coming from Bishmadev himself. And Bishmadev, of course, is one of the, one of the, what's it, nine Mahajans who were supposedly the experts on the, on the Srimad Bhagavatam. So he allows his devotee to experience disillusion and distress, as we saw. And was it not true in the case of Srila Prabhupada? When Prabhupada first came to this country, he spent a whole year of not getting any apparent results. And when Krishna saw that he was bound and determined to get something going here to satisfy Krishna, Krishna began to give him facility, and eventually he gave him temples all over the world. Just as Prabhupada, when he had first came and he was out chanting on the park bench, and this this old fellow came up and sat down beside him and was asking him questions, and he he, he was saying he was telling this man. He says that, yes, I have temples all over the world. They were not yet manifest, but they were, they were going to become manifest. So he allows his devotee to experience this kind of disillusion and distress, but then he brings the devotee into the presence of his representative. Just like Srila Prabhupada before he came to, well, when he first came to see his, his own initiating spiritual master, Srila Bhaktisiddhanta. Um, Krishna had brought him there to help Srila Bhaktisiddhanta spread Krishna consciousness all over the world. So he brought him into the presence. Another instance of that is when Srila Vyasadeva had compiled, had compiled the four Vedas, you know, had separated the, the whole Vedic, Vedic, uh, literatures into four parts. And had, 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 uh, had, it was, it took on a tremendous task of understanding those Vedas well enough that he could separate them into four different parts for different kinds of persons. Um, so um, he, uh, he, you know, when he was in, at, this, at the point of dis- despondency, after he had done that, that fantastic uh, organization and publishing uh, process, or writing down process, uh, then Krishna sent Narada Muni to him to let him know, to remind him 
what it was that was causing him to feel somewhat dissatisfied. And so as a result of that then, Srila Vyasadeva uh, wrote the uh, the Srimad Bhagavatam. So he had already compiled the Vedas into four, four different Vedas. He had also he then he wrote the the Mahabharat about the pastimes of the people of India uh, during the time that uh, the Pandavas were on the planet and trying to recover the throne that had been uh, taken from them. Um, uh, Krishna, Krishna then uh, made all arrangements that even the Pandavas themselves, at various times when they were exiled to the forest for 13 years, that, the, that they would have persons like Srila Vyasadeva come to them in the forest to encourage them and give them advice what they should do next. So then he arranges for his devotee sometimes to to speak or act for him. Uh, just like in the case of Lord Chaitanya, he he was in, uh, he came to Ramananda Roy and he began asking him questions. And Ramananda Roy, you know, he expressed that uh, Krishna, you're the you're the you know all of these things. Our Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, you know these things. But since you have instructed me to answer your questions, I will do so on the basis of the knowledge that you have given me. Whatever I say that is true and good, you are the one who has provided it. So he uh, he makes scenarios to like that to glorify his devotee. But you know, sometimes Krishna also allows his devotee to make what seems to be mistakes. And um, many years ago, back in the 1980s, we had young, one young man here, Gopalacharya, who was the temple president for some time. And I remember hearing him say during a class, I think it was he who said this, that sometimes Krishna will allow the spiritual master to um, mispronounce certain words so that others who have the tendency to find fault will have that opportunity to define fault with that spiritual master. And that will that will hasten their downfall. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? That Krishna can also allow his devotee to make apparent mistakes and uh, and then he he somehow or other corrects that. Uh, another instance of that was when we had this the big guru reform movement uh, there were some of, of the godbrothers of Tamal Krishna Goswami who felt that he was not uh, treating his own godbrothers here in Dallas uh, uh, like his like equals. Of course, there were many who were not his equals, but uh, as Mr. Bhagwan Prabhu himself has said, that he he was around at that time and he felt that... Uh, I, it, I, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Bhagavan Prabhu. He said that he felt that uh, Srila Gurudev had had much more time with Srila Prabhupada than he himself had had, and therefore he felt in ways that Tamal Krishna Goswami Maharaj was his entrance, his entrance to Prabhupada, his, his, uh, um, the means by which he could understand and get to Srila Prabhupada. Even though it was his god brother, who was in that position. Um, so, um, 
Mr. Bhagavan Prabhu, I, I think I've said, told you before that uh, when I was living in the hills of Tennessee at that time, I was reading uh, Bhagavad Gita and I and I and Bhagavatam, and I I remember uh, having saying to myself, or actually saying to Prabhupada in my mind, uh, you say that it's necessary for one to have a bona fide spiritual master. So why don't you be my spiritual master? So at that time, I also, now looking back on it, I feel that I accepted Srila Prabhupada as my spiritual master. But uh, I did not meet the devotees until 1977, not face to face. And at that time, then I started getting introduced to uh, His Holiness Tamal Krishna Goswami Maharaj. And I feel that Prabhupada uh, had me wait instead of giving me the opportunity to meet him and to also take initiation from Srila Prabhupada, I think that he had me and my wife wait until the time that Prabhupada had left the planet and there was no one else to take me to Prabhupada except his books, but there was no physical person to help me to understand a lot about Srila Prabhupada until I came into contact with others who had been in very close association to Srila Prabhupada. So uh, Prabhupada shows that sometimes that his devotee can also have problems like that dealing with Maya. Uh, so when that guru, guru reform movement came, then there were a lot of devotees who decided at that time to leave the Dallas, leave the Dallas community because they didn't feel that they were being given the proper respect. And so, um, we understand that Krishna is in their heart as well. And he's saying, okay, you, you, you want to have respect, then you should, you should leave. Just like, you know, when we said we wanted to leave the spiritual world. We don't want to have to bow down to Krishna all the time. Why should we have to do that? Here we are living in the spiritual world, just like a lot of other spirit souls. Why do we have to bow down? So Krishna says, okay, uh, there's another place that you can go. You might have heard it said, sometimes people say that, why is it that Krishna could not create a world that did not have faults? In other words, why did he create a world such as we're living in here now? <clears throat> and the fact is that Krishna does have a world where there are no faults a place that we would want to be forever and ever. And that's called the spiritual world. But he has created this world for us to come to to try to find happiness when we decide that we no longer want to bend the knee and, and, and bow to the Supreme Lord. So sometimes um, uh, he causes those who are inimical to his devotee to commit errors. And that's the, that's the kind of thing that we're talking about. That We mentioned Gopalacharya Prabhu. He allows, uh, Krishna allows his devotee to mispronounce words or not to know certain things that, you know, people think, well, you should know it, you're a spiritual master. But for those people who are looking to criticize someone else, Krishna allows the pure devotee of the Lord to make what seem to be mistakes. So that others will have the opportunity to criticize that pure devotee of the Lord. And as a result, start going down that slippery slope. Start going down in their spiritual lives to whatever level they're going to arrive at before they realize that, oh, I made a mistake.
He teaches his devotee to exercise tolerance with the expectation that if you tolerate long enough, I'm going to come in and help you. And we see again in in the example of Srila Prabhupada. Prabhupada did that. Uh, Even though his first year was extremely difficult, I cannot imagine myself putting up with the difficulty. Instead of going back, going to the the steam liners, uh, as Srila Prabhupada was said to have done, you know, to find out what the schedule was for going back to India. Uh, And he did not do it. But I, I'm, I probably would have done it after meeting all of the, all of the, you know, the uh, the problems that he had to face. Can you imagine living in a place where there's no no bathroom and having to go to a local service station close by and and take your bath there and and you know clean up and stuff? And so Prabhupada was willing to do that in a very inhospitable time of the year in the Northeast, you know, in the winter time. Not an easy thing to do, especially for an elderly man like that. But Prabhupada had the determination to do that. So Krishna granted him then uh, that help that he needed uh, after Prabhupada had shown that he wasn't going to throw in the towel and head back home to Vrindavan. So then eventually Krishna will uh, glorify his devotee as an example of remaining obedient to his will. And so he is he's glorifying Bhishma Dev in, in this uh, in this text that we read today. Because Bhishma Dev, uh, you know, he was always feeling uh, a lot of love and affection for uh for the this the sons of Pandu who were acting uh, to whom he was acting as the grandfather. Here's a little something that I cut from a, a from a conversation Srila Prabhupada was having with some of his disciples. Vishambhara Prabhu said, Why is it sometimes if we're sincerely trying to serve Krishna, we still make mistakes? We make in our service some mistakes. And Prabhupada said, You must always remember that service means by the order of the Master. So if you, if you should always be ready to take order from the Master, there will be no mistake. Devotee said, so that would mean that all mistakes come from the false ego? Prabhupada, yes. When you disobey the order of the master, that is mistake. Devotee said, sometimes in our practical dealings we have to make a decision, and there's no possibility to refer to our authority. Shall we then try to understand what Krishna wants us to do? Prabhupada said, no, Krishna will give you. That is intuition. If you are actually sincere, the correct intuition will come. Intuition, of course, meaning super soul within. Buddhi yoga dadami tam yena ma upayanti te. If it is for Krishna's purpose, then he'll give you intelligence. You do like this. So we see then that from this text that we've read today, and from the uh, and from the uh, the very um, informative purport that Srila Prabhupada has given, that uh, Krishna will uh, allow the devotee then to make mistakes. He will sometimes inform the devotee uh, exactly what he should be doing. But in the case of King Yudhisthira, 
he did not inform him as super soul in the heart, but rather he made arrangements for Yudhisthira to go see Grandfather Bhishmadev to get uh, knowledge from him. And in that sense, then, he, he has glorified both Yudhisthira and uh, Bhishmadev. So Krishna, has, he's, a, he's a very nice person. He takes care of those persons who are sincere, who are dedicated to him. And he will either tell you from inside the, in, inside the heart, he will instruct you what you should do, or he will instruct you to go <clears throat> and meet someone else who then can inform you what Krishna's desire is. Hare Krishna. Comments or questions? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mark. Would you be kind enough to tell us of an instance in your own life where you had every reason to throw in the towel, but you were not throwing? Well, there was... um, I'll give you an instance. At that time, I was not a devotee. Um, back when I was 18 years old, I was beginning my second year in, in a junior college in Mississippi. And uh, one Sunday night, I came down with a a very sharp pain in my in my right side and my back. And I wound up having to go to Mobile, Alabama, to a hospital to have a kidney removed. So. I, you know, I was, I was just, I was, I felt very distressed because I felt like, well, there goes my college career. Next semester, I was back in college. <clears throat> and um, uh, so Krishna gave me that, even though I was not a devotee, he gave me that incident, allowed me to suffer a little bit, not too much because, you know, modern medicine is pretty good. And uh, but anyhow, it helped me to to get rid of that problem, and um, then about uh, four years later, I was I was uh, graduating from uh, Mississippi State University. Uh, I had had a student deferment uh, for the for the draft. The draft was still in effect, military draft, and a lot of young men my age were going to Vietnam. And a lot of them were coming back in body bags. Radhanath was one of those men who went to Vietnam. But he came back alive. But, you know, there's problems that a person has when he comes back from a horrible situation like that. You know, we should never, we, you know, as far as my, I'm concerned, we, our country should never have, have gone to another country like that and tried to bring about the kind of government that we wanted them to have. That's my opinion. A bunch of old white men causing problems. And that's the way it's been throughout the, you know, throughout the last several centuries, uh, when, uh, you know, the, you know, the uh, European countries were going everywhere and they were taking, they, they were raping the land effectively. And, uh, they were, they were taking all the, uh, you know, whatever valuable stuff they could get, foodstuffs, minerals, uh, uh, jewels, 
gold and silver and things like that. They were taking them back to Europe and using them for their own industries and for their own uh, uh, remuneration. Uh, <clears throat> so, anyhow, uh, in in my particular instance, um, uh, when when the uh, draft board <clears throat> understood, you know, they got information that I was graduating from college. <clears throat> so they sent me a letter asking me to report for inductance into the military. And so I gave them a call and I said, well, does it make any difference that I have only one kidney? And they said, send us a letter from your surgeon. And I did. And they sent me back a 1Y classification, which is almost like a 4F. 4F means you're not suitable for anything in the military. But a 1Y means that in certain circumstances, if there's a real emergency, you can come and, and do something. But, you know, so what I thought was a, a great uh, uh, distress back when I was 18 uh, turned out to be the only thing that kept me from going to Vietnam. So that's that's an example of how. That's right, Judd Bart. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, lost a finger and therefore he couldn't be used for the sacrifice. Right? Somebody was offering human sacrifices. Did that answer your question, Mr. Bogwin? Seems like Grandfather Bishma Dave was was liked by everybody. He was Bishma Dave was liked by everybody. Apparently, yeah, he, like every you know, he, the Pandavas liked him, all the Kuravas liked him, right? Krishna liked him. I mean, it just seemed like he just had no enemies. Like, and it's such that's such a, it's an interesting quality or. or Special quality. I, I've seen since I've been in ISKCON. I've know I've met three people that are that seem to be liked by everybody. Um, Jayananda. Who? Jayananda. Jayananda. Who's holiday reception? Right, right. Holiday recept celebrate. Uh, Pankajangri. Pankajangri. Just recently passed. Yeah. Back to Godhead, and then Janani Vas, his brother. These three devotees have, seem to have this redeeming quality that I'm, nobody dislikes them. They they seem to manage to please everybody. Um, that's that seems like such a wonderful quality. How how does somebody gain that that quality where they 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 just don't upset any? They don't. Somehow they just don't step on anybody else's uh, world that they, they manage to not angry anybody. Well, I take it as one of one of their qualities uh, that made them so likable was that they didn't find fault in other people. As far as I've heard, they didn't find fault. Now, you can't be a manager unless you have the ability and the willingness to, to find fault and point it out and to do something about it. 
So a manager is generally not liked so much by everybody. And I never heard that that Jananivas and Pankajangri Prabhus were involved in management at all. Of course, they had to run the Pujari. Yeah, they were head Pujaris. So there, there might have been times when they had to, you know, exert a little authority, and they would have been wrong not to. They, they probably had to point out sometimes that you're not doing this on time. Your, your standard of cleanliness is not great enough right now. They probably had to say these things, but um, maybe maybe it didn't get out, spread around that you know he, here this man is being uh, biased towards someone else and biased against this other person. I I didn't hear that, but it could be that they also had uh, there there were times that they had to show their strong side uh, in order to keep things going properly as they should. Um, and just recently, I've I've read uh, messages from Mother Chandravali here in our community, and I don't know if anybody doesn't like Mother Chandravali, but uh, but when it comes to dealing with deities, she she has had to exert her authority, like uh, you know she said the some pajaris who make flowers, or some I, I don't know what you call them pajaris, people that volunteer to come in and make garlands. Uh, there, she was saying they're not putting the uh, flowers back into the proper containers. You know, she had they've got the flowers separated. They've got this kind of flower here, this kind of flower. They had, had them separated like that. And somebody took the time to Mother Chitravasini, I think. Uh, she took the time. You know, when we get flowers in, to put them in separate containers so that. When the pajaris, uh, or when persons want to make garlands, or the pajaris need some, uh, some flowers for decorating on the altar, uh, they they have they they can easily get to them that way because they're separated, they're organized. And so Mother Chandavali, who's always this sweet little lady, uh, she has to you know come down and say this needs to be done. Somebody's not doing it properly, and it's making it difficult for everybody else. So you you may you may never hear anything bad about Mother Chandavali. I certainly don't have anything bad to say about her. I'll take I'll take construct I'll take criticism from her. I'll take instruction as much as I can from her. If there's something that she needs done that I can help to do, and there have been recently things that I've not been able to do, and I regret that. But um, yeah. It, it's it's nice to be liked by everyone. That's almost like uh, enjoying the mode of goodness, isn't it? I like it when everything is peaceful, when when the music that I'm listening to is, makes me feel happy. It's not you know it's not uh, you know hard rock or it's not uh, uh, industrial rock or whatever the heck they you know the terms are nowadays. Um, I, this is the way I like it. I don't want any confrontations. I want everything in my life to be nice and peaceful. I want people to say nice things about me. But Eudistir had to, had to get over that because he had a battle to fight. And so now, uh, as a result of his being enthroned 
and taking the place of his cousin, Duryodhan, who was not really fit to serve in that position. Uh, Yudhisthira now, he's, he's, he's regretting. He can't get over it. He just can't get over it. And you've known people like that that have had something traumatic happen in their lives that they just can't get over. You know, it takes them years, and sometimes, it, you know, they, sometimes they even commit suicide because the problem has been so heavy. Uh, what, has anybody had the kind of uh, disastrous uh, uh, events and disastrous consequences that Eudistir had to uh, had to overcome? Nobody is. Nobody has had. Nobody has been the cause of the loss of six hundred and forty million person's lives uh, just to put them on the throne. Nobody. Nobody has had that many people. I've, I've heard it said that uh, we mentioned Joseph Stalin, uh, how cruel he was. I understand that he, he uh, when he was rising to power, he had something like 12,000 of his, uh, his officers in his military. He had them shot, killed. Because he was concerned that there might they might there might have been some uprising against him. That's what I understand. But twelve thousand compared to six hundred and forty million, like a drop in the bucket. That's not to say that every life, every one of those twelve thousand lives, it was a it was a, a pity that they had they had to be killed, that they were killed. It's a pity. Better that they had been trained up as a nice devotee of of Lord Chaitanya and they would have been able to spread Krishna consciousness throughout Russia, just like that one devotee who was the first initiated devotee in Russia. He had to undergo so much difficulty. You know, it almost brings you to tears to read about what he had to go through. Um, But eventually he helped to establish Prabhupada's movement in Russia. And now, as I understand it, uh, Krishna consciousness is moving through Russia like wildfire. Is there anything else? Yes, sir. Wait, wait, wait. Microphone. Will we ever see the day when Krishna consciousness will spread like wildfire through Dallas and Texas? Will we see the day, did you say? Uh, it depends on how long you live. What did, what did uh, Lord Chaitanya say? Every town and village, and every town and village? Now, was he saying, except for Dallas? <laughs> no, we're, we're just seeing the, the early, early results. We're seeing the little flame, you know, that gets the leaves started burning. It, it hasn't turned into a wildfire that consumes uh, 200,000 acres of land. It's not, it hasn't it hadn't gotten to that point yet. But... Uh, if you have if you have the faith that Srila Prabhupada had, that Krishna consciousness can spread all over the world, and he was willing to be one that would help that to happen, uh, then you have no doubt that Krishna consciousness will be in every every town and village, and we can I think we can include every big city, like Mexico City, or or uh, or uh, Shanghai Shanghai China. Or, or Peking, or Beijing, it's now called. Beijing. 
you know, where you got 20 million people living in those cities. 20 million people living in those cities. And and there's a movement. There's a movement in, in every country of any size, as far as I know, all over the world. No, we just, you know, we might not see it, Prabhu. We might not see that, that uh, you know, Sankirtan being conducted down every street in the city of Dallas. I, I don't think I will live long enough to see it. But what can I do? Well, whatever I can do, that's what I should do, right? If I can encourage somebody else, one or one other person, two other persons in their Krishna consciousness in this lifetime, if that's all I've got credit for, and I've done about as much as I probably could have done, then what is the regret? If I raised my my five kids so that they have some inkling of Krishna consciousness, whether whether I will ever see them become full-fledged devotees of the Lord? I don't know. I think probably not. But I think that it will happen because the game is not over yet. I haven't left my body and they haven't left their body. So it's still there's still a possibility that you and I will see some results coming from whatever efforts we try to make. Uh, just your presence here in the temple room is helping someone else solidify their determination to become Krishna conscious. You're talking with other people when you leave the temple room. You see people, you're here when there are people that come around. Our, and, and most of the time when I, some, I see someone coming into our temple hallway, I think, oh, this person's been here for a thousand times now. <clears throat> and then I ask, I get to talking with them a little bit, no, this is the first time I've ever been here. So, you know, when you have that opportunity, and Tamal Krishna Goswami told us when this temple room was renovated, he said, you may be in here chanting on your bead bag during the day. If somebody walks through that door there who is a guest, a visitor, you should, you should know that this is not by accident that they walk through that door. He said, you put your bead bag down and chant some other time. You go and talk to that person. Krishna sent that person here. And you're the only person around that can explain these pictures that are on the walls. Explain the beautiful deities that we have here. You can do that. So if we, if we can't do a lot of other things, at least we can do that. You know, somebody... If we, if we happen to be here at the temple building at some time during the day, even though we hadn't really planned to be, and there's somebody that's uh, coming in look like they're looking for where the restaurant is, you know, you stop and talk with them. Just give them a little encouragement. I've mentioned before that one of the first temples that I went to was Berkeley Temple in San Francisco. In Berkeley. And, uh, and, uh, I don't remember too much about anybody that was there in that temple room, although they were having the Julan Yatra, you know, the swinging ceremony. And I got to swing the deities. But as I started to leave, there was a young man right outside the temple door, and he's, he stopped and talked with me. I found out that he was from the Philippines. But he spoke very good English, and he gave me some encouragement. 
And even though I had a long hair and a beard, I still I was dressed in a you know a, a vest and tie, and I was out there on on business that I I was working for Oak Ridge National Laboratory in Tennessee, and they sent me out there. <clears throat> I didn't I didn't know what the real purpose of my going out there was, but then I found out I I, I located the Berkeley Temple, and I found out how to get there, and I took buses to get there to, to it. From downtown San Francisco. So these are the kinds of things that are going on. We just have to take advantage of them when they come to us. Uh, just like Bishma Dave, you know, he he had so many opportunities. He did so much service for the Pandavas. You know, taught them everything that are, that their father might should have taught them Pandu. But he left. You know, he gave up his body untimely. And so when Queen Kunti brought those five boys back to Hastinapura from the mountains where they were living, then, uh, then Bhishma Dev was one of the main persons that was helping to, you know, uh, you know, take care of, help take care of those young boys and help them grow up to be, uh, very good men. And there was nobody on the planet like King Yudhisthira was. You know, so, um, Bhishma Dev was in large part responsible for that. And so now he's, he's lying on a bed of arrows, shot, having been shot by Arjuna, who was like a grandson to him. And, uh, and now, Bhishma, uh, now Yudhisthira is going to go at Krishna's uh, instruction. He's going to go and talk to Bhishma Dev and learn from him what he needs to know and thereby gain peace in mind that all of this was not a waste of time. The 640 million people getting killed was not a waste of time. There was actually a purpose for it. It was Krishna's purpose, and Krishna arranged for that to occur. Anything else before we go? All right, I thank you all for being with us today. Those of you who have chosen to come in, join us online. Those of you who are listening to the recorded version of these classes that go on in the temple room, uh, we appreciate that because there there are counters that let us know how many people have gone online to listen to these classes after they've been archived. So we appreciate the fact that uh, that you're that you're making philosophy part of your day, whether it's in the morning when class is going on or later in the evening when it gets archived. So we'd say, Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Ananta Koti Vaishnavrinda ki jai. We offer our respectful obeisances and all the Vaishnava devotees of the Lord, who are just like desire trees, who fulfill the desires of everyone, and who are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Vanchakalpatarubhis cha kripasindabhu eva cha patitanam bhavanibhyo vaishnabhyo namo namaha anantakuti vaishnabhrindaki jai. Hare Krishna.